and welcome to Angular Air, episode 42. We're here today with Aaron Frost to talk about the Angular community. But first, what I up? just want to first, I just want to first, I just want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Angular Class. Angular Class, uh, for those of you guys that don't know, is a great uh, training. Um, they do awesome Angular 2 training. And uh, all the guys, Patrick Stapleton and everybody at Angular Class is awesome. So definitely, if you have any Angular, Angular training needs, especially if you're transitioned to Angular 2, uh, you should check them out. All right. So uh, let's uh, see who's on the panel today. We got uh, Amy Knight. Hello. Gleb Bamatov. Hello. Sorry about the video. <laughs> Olivier Kohn. And, of course, uh, we're here today to talk with Aaron Frost. So, Aaron, why don't you give us a quick intro? So, I'm Aaron. Everyone calls me Frosty, so feel free. Um, I have been a developer for a few years. My passions outside of JavaScript are my family and ice fishing. So, like, I'm super stoked it's getting cold again. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of who I am. I work at a company called Domo. We're a big Angular shop. We do some React on our mobile web as well. It's a big JavaScript house. That's awesome. So we brought you on today to talk about community. And I'm just curious to start off with uh, what do you think, uh, what, what do you define as a community? Because uh, you can think of that in many different ways. So uh, when you're thinking about a community, what, what way do you think about it? Um, that's a good question. It's uh, it's a group of people who like have similar like needs and similar uh, structure, and like like there's a lot of reasons why I think the Angular community like really caught fire at the time that it did. Um, it was we were we were in a in a JavaScript world where I mean it, it was like newly JavaScript. Like Backbone was like the greatest thing ever, right? And everyone was like, dude, we, we want to do more of this JavaScript, but it seems it seems like daunting. And, and Angular came out, and um, it gave, because it had so many opinions and it had so many, like, ways, like, it, it, it prescribed so much, really all of us ended up doing Angular very similarly, and it allowed us to build this huge community around it. And it was unprecedented because, like, with Backbone, as amazing as it was, you really had to build your own framework on top of it, and so everyone ended up with a different backbone framework and like, um, like a custom thing. And so you couldn't really create a user group or have a meetup around backbone because everyone else's backbone had nothing to do with your backbone. Does that make sense? Yeah. Definitely. And and Angular shows up and they're like, hey, we have all these prescriptions, and inside there there's some flexibility, which is beautiful as well. And um, the, the prescriptions is really what allowed it to have hundreds of people meet together with like the almost like similar code structures and similar concerns and, and, and things that they liked about it, things that they didn't like about it, and problems they were trying to solve because of it. And so it, it really caught in at a time where it was like, hey, this is giving us some structure in a time where we really haven't had any, and it, caught, it, just, it just took off. And... 
And there's there's been a couple different ways. Like as it got more solid, people kind of got on it. So some of some of the users, like how many of you guys are like pre 1.1 users? Like you're 1.0 or even 0.9 release. Like is anyone are any of you guys like point no. uh, nine like less than 1.0? I don't think so. Um, what are you, Jeff? Yeah, no, I I was uh, right after the 1.0 release when I when I jumped on board. Okay, so that's like 2013-ish, right? Yeah. So it goes back to even sometime in 2012 where the earliest users really are from 2012. And so, and it came out and it really caught this huge wave in 2013 and it allowed communities to pop up overnight. And like, you look at like last year alone and there's been like six major Angular conferences just in one year, which is absolutely insane. But it, it, it provided structure at a time when there really wasn't a lot. And then Ember was there, and, and Angular, you know, they, filed, they, they battled there. And, and I have some opinions on why I think that the leaders of the Angular team really helped help the community in a way that I don't think any other community leaders had really done it. So part of it is the structure allowed us leaders in the community, like people like Olivier and, and, and you, Jeff, to be leaders and lead a community as a whole. But... The other part of the community, I think, it comes from the Angular team themselves, and it starts at the very top with Brad Green, and it goes down to Igor as well, like how they've really conditioned us to be respectful and, and to teach one another and really harvest like the OSS mentality. So yeah. Well, yeah. So can we, can we get into that a little bit? Like, wh what is it specifically that makes community good? What, like, I mean, you mentioned that some of the leaders, Brad and the team, that kind of are mod models for everybody else, right? So what specifically do you think, or you know, what are some examples of what they do that uh, you see helps the community? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it's fair. Um, so uh, a good community leader doesn't, like, say my product's better than someone else's. A good community leader says, there's a lot of nails out there. There's a lot of tools that we're going to need. Like, use the one that matters and the one that makes the most sense. And I feel like the Angular team's always said that. And they've they've collaborated with everyone where a lot of people tend to silo up and get into their camps and kind of put get in their trenches and start shouting their chants. I think that the Angular team has been really good at, like, breaking down silos and working with other teams. I, I can't think of a major framework right now that they don't work with. Like I mean, the new stuff from it from Ang from like the Angular CLI, they took a lot of that from the Ember CLI, and the component router took a lot of its ideas from the Ember's Ember's router, and Angular 2 has been transformed by the emergence of React and some of the ideas that they came up with and the pressure that that the React team put on them to make speed like matter more than it did, and so and they work with them and like they work with the native script team and. They've got React Native running through Native Script with Angular, like it's it's a crazy mess. But like, they, I, I really can't think of a, a major team currently that they're not working with, that they're not reaching across the aisle to work with. And and I think it's inspirational, like, uh, to see that as a community member to be like, oh, I shouldn't say X frameworks better and like stick my tongue out. Like I should be like, you know, they all have a merit and like respect the people that that build it. So yeah, like I think. That's some of the things that they've done, and they've done others, but that's that's, that's some of the main stuff. Yeah, I mean, I agree for sure. Uh, it helps, and 
especially, I mean, you do get a different tone, like, uh, not to single one person out, but, uh, uh, you know, when you, you sometimes follow Tom Dale, like, I, I mean, he, he's really funny. Like, I, I love uh, seeing his tweets and everything like that, but he does have a certain tone, right, that, like, um, is different than you, you see from the Angular, uh, the leaders within the Angular team. Um, so I yeah. think it does filter down. Yeah, and, um, and I, you know, I remember the first time I was at Google, it was like two years ago, and I was just there for a thing, and luckily Brian Ford from the Angular team was at lunch, and, um, and Tom Dale was at lunch with him, and like my brain exploded. I was like, why isn't <laughs> Brian punching him in the face right now? <laughs> like, because I was like, like Tom is like so, uh, it's passion. Like I really can't fault him because it's the same thing that makes me love everyone else. It's their passion, but it's in a way that it it does kind of rub some people the wrong way, right? And the people that follow him, they love it, but other people, I can, I see how it rubs the wrong way and stuff. And it really kind of taught me like this is how the other team goes when they and they go with those punches is. They just, you know, they they disarm people by being their friends and like by bringing them in and seeing what how they can help each other, and they've done it over and over, and they're I mean they're still doing it today. And when you talk to them about um, Angular two, it's like wow, dude, they've pulled Microsoft in, which Google and Microsoft like main like streaming this thing is like no one none of us ever thought that was going to be a thing, right? And uh, and they're they're trying to take hints and work with the uh, the React team, and I think that the React team is doing an excellent job at coaching them in some ways, but also like putting the pressure on to make it more of a like a real time competition. And I love that. I love that the community, like the leaders of that community as well, the React community, are super respectful and encourage that kind of respect across boundaries and I love that, you know? So yeah, like it's not just the Angular community, but in my opinion the Angular community is, the, is, is one of the greater examples of a community with great leaders in the community but also over the community, right? Yeah, um, do you think that um, it's also Brad who's doing an excellent job at keeping everything together? Yeah. Yeah, I Brad is Brad's just great. Like uh, when you realize all the stuff he does at Google, it's kind of crazy that we get so much of his time on the Angular stuff because he's in charge of just so much. And he, I've like I've never really seen a manager over a technical team who knows as much about his team as Brad does. Like Brad, the way he describes Angular too, you're like, uh, you're you're not supposed to know that. You're a manager. <laughs> But you do. So it's disturbing. Like stop knowing those things. But he does, and he's great. Like he really, really cares. And so, uh, Brad's great. Like I, I, I have some of the craziest respect for that guy. But you know, you look at his past, Brad Green. And I mean, he worked with Steve Jobs in the past. He's worked with really? some of the giants on whose shoulders we still walk today. So, Brad's like forged from the mountain of like good. Like community and like growth, so I think Brad is Brad is like the greatest guy that could have coupled with Mishko to make this thing. So, so yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Brad does a great job as well. Uh, but one thing that stood out for me was 
like a year ago or so, there was somebody who wrote like a, a blog post kind of ripping on Angular and uh, kind of in a somewhat unfair way. Like uh, he wasn't really that informed, but just uh, got a lot of hits and, and that type of thing. And uh, he was actually a GD. And so at the GD Summit, I think, um, uh, you know, I think the Angular team like sought him out and like talked with him for a while. And you just see all these pictures posted then of them with their like arms around each other just like uh, having a good time or whatever, which was like a little bit off-putting, right? Like this guy just kind of yeah. uh, was railing into them, and, but they, just like you're talking about, were, was able to yeah. kind of turn them turn him to their side to, to a degree. So I remember when that happened, um, I'm like really quirky. Um, if someone attacks me, like I get like a little kid and I get scared. But when people attack my friends, like I go crazy. And I don't know why, but I do. And, and that guy, Daniel, Daniel Steigerwald, I'll say his name. He's my friend now. Like, we're friends now. But at that time, I was like, Daniel Steigerwald is like public enemy number one. And he was really <laughs> mad about Angular, and, um, and I didn't get it. And, um, and it, it turns out that he and some of the Angular team members, they're Slovakian, so like they all they, they kind of come from the same place. I think maybe Voigt and him went to the same school. I'm not sure. I'm not, I, maybe they're not, maybe they're, I, I'm not sure. Some of the Angular team members are from, like, the same city he's from, so, like, they, they have friendships that go back to other countries, and so, um, but, yeah, when we met, and, like, they had Steigerwald, by the time it was done, he had, like, an Angular 2 shirt on, and he was, like, smiling, and I was like, wow, and, and I got a chance to talk with him, and, and he ended up being a really, really sweet guy, like, and he came up to me and was like, hey, man, I know we read each other the wrong way, but I just want to let you know it's, like, not personal. And he was really cool about it. And so, like, I have nothing but love for Steigerwald today. And I know he's – he's his it's his passion. Like, he wasn't trying to be mean, just like Tom Dell's not trying to be mean or anyone else who you see is, like, they're being mean. Like, I don't really think people, like, wake up going, I'm going to be mean today. Like, I'm going to up my pissed-off people count, like, today. Like, that's my goal. Like, I think they're just passionate. And so it's hard to hate them for the th- – Thing that you do love them for as well is it's, it's their passion, you know. So, so yeah, Steigerwald's a good example. But how Angular the Angular team defused him was like a huge lesson for me, and I was like, wow, that's pretty awesome that they were able to do that. Yeah, definitely. So we talked about some of the things that the Angular uh, community does right. But what are some areas that you think that we can improve as a community? So I'm probably going to get flamed for this answer, but uh, I think that's okay. I'll weather that. Um, I think Angular made writing really complex apps easier, and so I think that um, sometimes we get people into the Angular community who aren't as experienced JavaScript developers as some of the other communities because the bar just is just so much easier. And that's a beautiful thing, right? But I think sometimes in there, in 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 our ignorance, because I'm going to throw myself into that category, we tend to get super tribal about our Angular and like we treat it like it's our own. And someone's like, "Angular's not the best," and we're like, "What? You, you know?" <laughs> and like, and we get super uh, like digging our heels in, and it's like, you know what? Sometimes it isn't, and that's just the thing. Sometimes you should use D3 on its own. And you should just pretend that Angular doesn't exist. 
And when you're trying to get 60 frames per second as you drag something across the screen, you know what? Angular's got warts. And don't be mad that some other framework doesn't. Like, I think the Angular team is just as guilty, if not more, of we're a hammer and everything's a nail and we just use Angular to solve it all. I think uh, we're more guilty of that than probably any other community. For better or worse, I think you should use Angular for a lot of stuff. Like, if you, you have to have a de facto tool, right? Right, Jeff? Right, right everyone on the panel? Like, <laughs> you should have a de facto tool. And you, should use, you shouldn't use it when it makes sense, but I think that we get too tribal about our de facto tool, and I don't think that's healthy. I don't think that's healthy at all. So, so yeah. I feel like it. Sorry, I feel like it's changing um, in the last year or so, and people start to realize that Angular has quirks. Maybe that's because uh, React is gaining traction, but um, I feel like it's changing. I hope it is. I've always felt like too. So obviously Rails is front end, Angular. I'm sorry, Rails is back end, and Angular is front end. But I've always felt like the communities are somewhat similar because the barrier to entry is so low. So you get a wide variety of people in it, and sometimes it's easy to learn the framework and not learn the language behind it. But at the same time, the Rails community is a really, really welcoming community, as is the Angular community. So. Yeah, and you know, and and that's the thing. Like, um, when you're picking a framework, like, let's let's go back and say that Backbone was potentially as awesome as Angular, which that's debatable. Um, because I couldn't build a community around it, because everyone's was so Frankenstein. It, there, there, there was really not a lot of appeal in it for me, like long term, because. If I go to hire someone, like if I'm like, hey, Amy, come work with me on my Frankenstein version of Backbone, you're like, oh, well, I, have, I have a massive learning curve because I have to come learn your Frankenstein. And like, there's really no community there. I can't like find, pluck people out of the community who are experts because they have to come and ramp up on our stuff. And Angular, like, that's a huge part of the community around Angular. Is like, I can hire a lot of people to know Angular. And... And I just have to tell them to come in and read my style guide and don't break my rules in my style guide. But other than that, I know that they know how to do it already. You know what I'm saying? And so I think you're totally right, Amy. The community itself is so welcoming that like, you have to consider that as a manager of a company that's picking a framework. I think you're totally right. Yep, there's good and bad. Yeah. Yeah, no, Jeff, so, sorry that I ripped on the community there. I felt like you asked me to rip on them. Confirm or deny? <laughs> no, deny. <laughs> deny what? You asked want... me some of the bad things about the community. Well, I, I don't want you to rip on it per se, but... Yeah. Uh, I wasn't ripping yeah. on anyone specifically. I just was pointing out some of the yeah. warts. Sure, sure, sure. No, no, no that, that's, that's valid. That's valid. Uh, yeah, so let, let me throw some situations out at you. So, like, we've we gone, you know, some good things, some bad things, and uh, some of this... Uh, you said is you know the Angular community wants to help other people and that type of thing, but let, let me throw some tricky situations out of you and you know how you should handle it as a good community member. Um, so let's say that you are at a conference and you're sitting next to somebody who starts you know ripping on Angular. Let's say like like a Tom Dale or Daniel type, you know. So how how should you respond to that type of thing? 
uh, just ignore it or like try to like talk to reach out to them? Like, what, what do you think as a good community member you should be doing? Um, I'm probably more cynical than you are. <laughs> I think that your level of cynicism is going to affect your answer on this question. But I think that people who are ignorant, there's not a lot of point in trying to reason with them. So if someone's like, Tom Dell is the devil, it's like, I, I want to correct them like internally. Like, he's not. He's actually pretty awesome. But um, like, I, why fight that fight? Like, why not just stay positive and focus on like the people who do agree that he's probably not the devil and he's probably a really good guy? Like... That makes sense. You gotta use your mental like, wisely. What's that? You have to use your mental energy wisely. Yeah. So if someone's ignorant, I I probably really wouldn't engage. But um, if I was like a community leader and someone else who I saw, if I saw a community leader do it, that would be different. But if I saw a community member being irresponsible, like I probably wouldn't say something. But like, Jeff, if you came out today and was like, Yehuda Katz is the worst thing, I'd be like, wait, 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 wait. Yehuda Katz is amazing. <laughs> Yehuda Katz changed JavaScript for the better. Like, you know, he is awesome in his own right, and, you know, we should respect that. And um, I think it was Voita who gave a talk a few years at .js, and it really was super inspiring. About It was about open source and, like, leaving your mark and... Um, just because you don't use the framework that someone's building, you need to realize that they're building it for you. They're building it for everyone. So the Tom Dales or whoever, I, I hate that we keep singling out Tom Dale because he's not a bad person. Um, but those, the, the people in the community who oppose maybe our thought stream, um, they're not against us. They're actually building software that they hope we'll want to use someday. So... Like, you shouldn't really be mad at them for building a competitor framework. It's like, when you look at why they built it, they actually built it for you, too. Like, they're hoping you'll use it. So, like, there's really no malice in that. Like, I, I can't find any. And so, um, I don't think, I think you should be thankful for competitor frameworks and say, you know, it'd be like, it'd be like being a, like a religious Android or iOS user. I hate the other one. It's the worst. It's like, well, they make each other better. Why? Why won't you want the other one? Like, competition's always been a good thing. It even it, that does that also extends to the front end JavaScript framework realm as well, right? Like, you should be happy that they're there. Without them, who knows where we'd be? So, uh, one other uh, tough situation, and this is a different different angle. So, both of us, I think, have a pretty sarcastic sense of humor, uh, drive wit, that type of thing. So there, I, I mean, I know I, I've had this in my, I think you probably have as well, where you're making a joke or something like that, and somebody takes it the wrong way, where they're actually offended, and they view you as actually not being a bridge builder, not being, you know, a good community person, but you you didn't mean it that way or whatever. So like, how do you, you know, a prevent against that when the when it does come up? Like, how do you uh, kind of address that that type of issue? It's tough. It's really tough. Um, so. Um, there was a scenario at NGConf this last year. I'll, I'm going to bring in NGConf because that's been an amazing experience. As a community member myself, uh, it's been a crazy how NGConf has affected me. So w there was one talk that, above all, everyone will remember at NGConf, and it was Shai's talk. And 
Um, some people were bothered by some of the stuff he said, and um, like they were really bothered, and I think they had a right to be, to be honest. Um, and they wanted me to do something about it. I'm like, I did something behind the scenes, but they wanted me to like defame him. And I was like, I, th there's really nothing I can say to this person that will result in them saying, oh yeah, thanks, thanks for doing that. That's good enough. Like you did enough there. That was that will suffice for me to stop this witch hunt. And so like I don't know. I I don't think you engage the witch hunts. Like there's really not a lot of winning to be got there. I don't think that you can come out ahead of those. I think the only way to, and I think the Angular team is the same way. You just defuel the situation by by not responding to it like publicly. You just react to it in your actions, but not act necessarily with like words or like, oh, let me go tweet that person to solve this. I can fix it. Like you can't fix it. You can't fix it. If someone hates you. There's no fixing that. Like all you can do is try better the next time with your actions. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I think that's good advice for sure. I, I think uh, I, I've seen that before where people try to fix things and then it makes it worse. So um, that's fair enough. You just use that as a learning lesson and just focus from there on. Yeah, or you just say thanks. Like I was at NG Vegas this year. You were there. I said something on stage. No one was bothered, but one guy was bothered. And I was like, he's actually a really important guy, though. I was like, this could turn really south fast. So I just replied. I just replied to the tweet and said, "Thanks. I think you're right. You know, because he probably was. If you're being, if and that's the thing. If you're Delta Bravo, if you're off the range, just accept it and come back. Like, don't continue and pretend that you're okay. Like, and 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 I probably have more of a problem with that than anyone that I, definitely anyone here on this." On this video cast, but than most, I probably have a problem with going off the range. But um, yeah, just acknowledge that you went off and come back and say thanks for for someone steering you back here. Amy, but yeah, so sorry. Go ahead. No, that's okay. What were you gonna say? I was just gonna pay homage to the Angular community for like all they've done for me, because um, like three years ago. I was just sitting here with some friends and I wanted to go to an Angular conference and couldn't find one. So my friends and I were like, maybe we should do one. Like, what do you think? Do you think it would happen? And we're like, maybe we get a couple hundred people to come to a conference with us. And we had no idea that it was going to turn into ng-conf. And it was going to become this thing that, like, it means something to people. At first, for us, it was just a conference, but then, like, Someone came to us and was like, like the guy, he's, his name's Josue, he's in Mexico City. He came and he was like, the second I saw your website, I knew I needed to do something bigger, and I created AngularJS Meetup in Mexico City. Like, and it, so it meant something to him. And like, um, Bonnie, she's in Houston, she did the exact same thing. She's like, I saw this and knew I needed to get him more involved. And so she went and created uh, NG Houston, and now it's like a, it's a vibrant community. So. Um, I think that the community has been so great to us, like to me, by like saying, "Hey, we want to be part of this conference," and like I'm really just a guy, but they treat me like so much more for just this conference that I got lucky to do. And so, I I, I really could never find the appropriate way to thank the Angular community or like quantify like financially 
like how much it's affected me. It's been super, super positive. Though. Like I love almost everyone in the Anita community. It's just it's a great place, you know. Yeah, and we love you too. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> so I have a few questions about uh, conferences since you're talking about this. Um, as an NGConf organizer, um, what do you think about code of conduct for conferences? Um, well, do you see it as a necessary evil, or? It's, I don't think it's an evil at all. I think it's epic. <laughs> yeah. I think code of conducts are awesome. Like, um, when you look at when you look at the organizers of a conference, like you have to kind of say, why do they do this? Because even though the conference is about something besides them, because they're the ones that did it, they're the ones that took the financial risk to make contracts with the hotel, and maybe some of them mortgaged their houses. Like, they invested a significant amount of time and money. So, like, it's a little bit about them, even though it's not about them. Like, it is kind of about them. And you kind of have to look why they're doing it, and if anyone in the conference is going to put their risks, if they're going to put their sacrifices at risk, yeah, that's a big problem. And so I I think that um, code of conducts are very, very important, and I take ours very personal. Um, I've, like, the part of me that likes boxing because I like to see people get punched in the face, like, that part of me is like, man, I, I hope we get a code of conduct violation at NGConf this year so that I can, like, really enforce it, and I can be, like, this enforcer, like, but, um... And I would, I would, Olivera, you know it. If someone came up to me at NGConf and was like, this happened, Frost would be the first guy to react. Like, I would be there and it would get fixed. Um, but luckily, you know, we've never had to have it. Um, but yeah, um, we've never really had any issues with it, but I do think they're important. We have had one time where we did have to enforce something and we enforced it kind of behind the scenes, but because um, it wasn't a major issue, like it wasn't a personal-on-person -person problem. It was, um, yeah, it was like a slide, and we just fixed it and, and then edited the YouTube video and, and kind of moved on. But, um, but yeah, like, yeah, we would do anything if someone was intentionally harming someone at a conference. And I was at the Chrome Dev Summit last week out in Mountain View, and Jake Archibald and Paul Lewis... They were the best MCs of a conference probably ever in the history of the universe. No, they were really good though, and they the way that they represented their their uh, code of conduct was super awesome. And like they were like, hey, we just want everyone to have fun. So if someone's making you not have fun, come tell us, and we'll we'll take care of it. Like, and that's really what a code of conduct is. Is like, for whatever reason imaginable, even things that we didn't bullet point here. You're not uncomfortable. You're, you're not comfortable. Tell us, and we'll fix it. Because that's really kind of the point. Of it. And so, uh, code of conducts are big, and uh, generally, I think people follow them. But um, I, as a conference organizer myself, I've never seen major violations of one. I've only heard of them like online. One other aspect of conferences in the community, I was interested in getting your opinion on. <clears throat> so. There's been a lot of conferences this past year for Angular. Uh, in a way, that's a good thing. You know, they, it, more people are able to go and meet with other Angular developers. Uh, but I have noticed the one downside of that is when there is this kind of major saturation, 
you do start getting some people that are more in it for the money than the actual like building. Like, like clearly, ng-conf is built around trying to improve the community. Like that, that is like so clear with everything you guys do. Um, but I, I, I've seen other conferences because they're, they're, they just know there's a lot of mar a market out there and sort of latching onto that. Um, what are your, your thoughts on that? Like, uh, I, it's probably not anything to do to prevent that per se, but um, you know, what are your thoughts? <clears throat> um, I'm going to choose my words wisely because I take this stuff personal. Um, these conferences and people abusing the community, I take that personal. Um, yeah, I'm. I see that as a problem. Um, it's hard to say anything is purely a problem though, because ultimately you're evangelizing and you're teaching and you're getting good speakers to teach people who want to hear them. So it's hard to like quant. It's hard to like say black and white. This is a bad thing. But I do. I will say I wish conference organizers. We only had conference organizers that did code. We didn't have conference organizers who were just people who do conferences for a living. Like I wish, I wish conference organizers were just community members. I, w I wish we didn't have conference organizers who were just they're just businessmen doing conferences. Like I, that, I, w I wish that was the case, but it's not. But it's hard to like really finger wag everyone because, like, if you did a, if you had a business guy do a conference in Brazil, an Angular conference in Brazil, how could you really finger wag that? The, the Brazilian Angular community is so huge. Like, it would be beneficial for them. So it's hard to, you know, like, I don't know, I'm kind of torn, but I will say I'm not a huge fan of it, but it's it's definitely a gray area. It's not a black and white thing, so it's hard to, it's hard to like, light them up and shoot them on it because they are doing some good, you know? I gotcha. Is there anything for uh, this next ng-comp for 2016 that you have planned that uh, you want to share now, or is it uh, all kind of secret in the works? No, dude, there's tons of stuff I could talk about. Um... So it's three days. Day one and day three are just like the typical day one and two, and then we have this day two in the middle that's like um, it's it's not it's not a thing you've ever seen. Like it's a conference like any, you've never seen a conference like this, and it's a full day. We're calling it Fair Day, and it will have fair-like things. Like when you think of a fair, it will have things like that. Like there will be repelling from the top of the building. It's a, I, I don't, it's like a 20-story building. I don't know. It's pretty tall. <laughs> nice. um, there will be a battle bots um, competition, and we'll all pick a bracket, and we'll give prizes to the winners who pick the best bracket. Like, so there will be definitely non-programming, like learning events, but there will be like all-day workshops with all the different speakers. There will be all-day um, hands-on with ng upgrades, so that everyone who's like at a company who needs to upgrade from one to two. Uh, can do that. Um, selfishly, this is totally selfish, and you can make fun of me if you want to. Like, I'm hoping that ng-conf is the platform where they release Angular 2, like, general release, because that would be, like, cool for me, but um, I think that there's going to be a lot of, there's going to be a ton of Angular 2, 1 to 2 to conversion stuff there. So if you're, if you're someone who is in Angular 1, and you need to go to Angular 2, you need to come to ng-conf 
which tickets are already sold, so that's that's neither here nor there. But you need to get on the live stream and watch because there's gonna be a ton of it because that's the thing right now. Like it's like yeah, learn Angular too, but it's also learn how to convert your stuff from one to two. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's almost a bigger topic. Yep. So, yep. so yeah, like there's gonna be a lot of that, and um, it's gonna be just as wacky as the years past, but the wackiness will be stepped up. There'll be um, more awesomeness on all levels. Like I don't really. There's some of the stuff I don't want to say, like who's like what's going on at the after party, but um, I will say it's on May the fourth, so you can expect that to be a thing. Uh, yeah, Cinco de Mayo is the second day. I don't know if that. I don't know if Cinco de Mayo will be a thing. It might be, so be prepared. But uh, nice. But yeah, there, it will be a lot of fun. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. Um, I mean. It'll be the funnest conference you've ever been to. So yeah. You should do a beard and beard and mustache uh, contest. We could, we could. <laughs> I don't see why we wouldn't. It doesn't. It makes sense. It doesn't make sense to not do that. Nice. Right now, Jeff loses that. Right now. Ah uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm terrible. I, I, when yeah. I try, there's there's this weird thing that like my hair doesn't grow like in two spaces here. So if I try to grow it, it just looks like freakish. So you need a mustache. Yeah, yeah. I can do a mustache. Beard and mustache is bad. It's too much, too much man. <laughs> we need something that's more community. But yeah, we could do some fun stuff. All right, there's a couple uh, questions about like open source in, in the community. Um, Amy, I think you had one here. Yeah, I was just going to ask, um, do you have any advice to people? I know the Angular community is always looking for contributors, and we actually... And we're talking about this before the show, how many contributors there are, but any advice on speaking to like people you work with about the importance of that or um, any advice on like getting your employer to to uh, let you well, I mean, contribute to Angular or what are you asking? Yeah, any, if you have any advice for people, you know, because that's a big kind of barrier for a lot of people is, you know, they have so much going on, um, but they want to contribute, and some people are cool with allowing you to do it during your work hours if they're using the project, um, but other people still don't see the value, even if you're using the project, so. Yeah, I mean, it's a sales pitch everyone's going to have to fight. Like, if you work at a bank, uh, I don't really see that happening. Like, yeah, take our code and put it back in the community. Like, um, it would be a tougher sales pitch there if you work in an organization that's friendly and like realizes what they're getting from open source. The one thing that's universally true, though, Amy, is we all work at a company that's having a hard time hiring enough good developers. Like that should be universally true, given the climate of the tech industry right now. We can't find enough developers that we think are worth like that, that are great. And so. If I was in a community and I wanted to attract great developers, I think the greatest ones would get a mad kick out of saying, "Yeah, we, we contribute to Angular as part of our job." Like, it's because you when someone comes in interviews, like anymore, part of the interview, like uh, half the interview is you selling them, and so I think that's a huge selling point to get people in. Is yeah, we actually have three contributors here that contribute to Angular one and two or they contribute to Lodash or, you know, they contribute to TypeScript or whatever the thing is that you're like, I want to do the thing. 
And so, yeah, I think that you should harvest that if you are looking for, like, another bullet point on your sales pitch to good developers. Yeah. Carmen, are you, you have your mute on? Oh. Yeah, you're muted. Oh, okay. Uh, so I, but I think you were going to ask a different question about uh, the community, or the open source, rather. You should do a, the voice of Carmen. Yeah, do the voice of Carmen, Jeff. Hello. That's not good. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, I think the other thing we were going to ask was um, just uh, how you uh, encourage people. Like, so we talked about the management and organizations trying to get them into contributing. But there's also a big problem just within like the people in the community, regardless of the organization, that uh, motivating them to contribute. Like a lot of people, they, they, I mean, sometimes don't even contribute issues. But yeah, like let's say that they at least do that and they complain or they complain about stuff, which actually that does have some value. Uh, so you know that there's a problem. But how do you motivate people a little bit a step further?